Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your big why. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Prema Lee Guerreri. Prema is a leading Vedic astrologer, business consultant, and energy practitioner who's committed to creating a world where everyone is empowered to live on purpose in a way that's aligned with their high-value gifts and their birthright of true prosperity. She empowers leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and change agents to take inspired action and unlock what she calls your sacred wealth code, described in her number one best-selling and award-winning book, Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. So welcome to the podcast, Prema. I'm so delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Ursula. I'm really thrilled to be here with you today. So I'm so intrigued by your book, which is called Your Sacred Wealth Code. Uh, And the tagline is Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. And I'm really curious about, I've been reading your book and, and really been enjoying it. And one of the things you say in the book is, you are uniquely designed for wealth. So talk a little bit about that and, and what the Sacred Wealth Code is. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean that in a couple of different ways. First of all, you're uniquely designed for wealth. Each and every one of us is in what wealth actually even means to us. I really feel like the essence of wealth is fulfillment. And we all have our own brand of what fulfills us. In, in our life, in our work. And so wealth means something very unique and very different, although because of our culture, we've sort of taken on a lot of uh, programming and other people's ideas on what wealth is. And for some people, that's translated into money. But I have found when you really um, ask people the right questions, we get underneath money quite quickly to what wealth, you know, really, really means. So there's mm-hmm. that unique side of us. So we're all in, some people, uh, you know, spiritual wealth is really important to them. Some people, you know, um, you know, the family, uh, people, relationships, some people, it is more about acquiring, you know, certain things. And if you look at all your friends and family, there's different, you know, different strokes for different folks, different things turn us on. So there's that part of we're uniquely designed for wealth. And then the other part is that we're uniquely designed on how we acquire wealth. Mm. Uh, being a Vedic astrologer and being a, um, a yoga teacher and an intuitive and, and work an entrepreneur for many, many years. But especially the Vedic astrology piece, I really started to look at, um, I call it your soul blueprint when I'm looking at your chart. And there is a scientific principle where purpose and prosperity planets actually come together and create a unique combination that's called Donna Yogas. Where those merge together, it brings our purpose and it brings our prosperity 
uh, together. And what I have found after looking at that, and because what do people come to an astrologer for a lot of the time? Okay, how do I make more money? You know, (laughs) what do I do about this relationship? You know, my health, you know, we don't usually don't come to, you know, God after winning the lottery, as my teacher would say, (laughs) we we usually come on our knees for some reason. (laughs) So, um, you know, this, this place of purpose and prosperity is what I started to really see is, oh, this is where you're you're unique on what I now call your high value gifts are the gifts that you have that make you so incredibly unique uh, that when you use those gifts and are really true to them, you really feel this deep sense like you are on purpose and you have that deeper meaning. And at the same time, it's the things that you will be valued the most for in the world, because I believe each one of us has something to unlock here in the world that Mm -hmm. impact that we're here to make is like this golden key and that which we are uniquely here to unlock in our own unique way will not get unlocked by anybody else even though it might look like we're doing similar things well i I think that is so powerful i really completely agree with you and there's uh it's kind of interesting from the perspective of the entrepreneur because we're I mean, you could on the surface say, well, yes, I need wealth because you can't have a business without income and, and profit. But even for, even if you're only looking at it at that level, which my listeners tend not to do, but even if you're only looking at it at that level, it's, it's even that has a secondary meaning of, I want to sustain my business or I want to keep doing the work that inspires me. I want to keep offering what I offer. And in the larger picture of, impact, it really is how can I use wealth in all the ways that you describe it as a way to contribute, as a way to have impact. And it, it it's it's such a huge part of it because you know I've worked with and and have friends who have what we would call a lot of wealth, you know, and have had them feel uh, and have had them come to me because even though they have millions or billions or whatever it is, that they didn't feel like they were really, you know, making that difference or having that impact or doing what they came here to do. So that deeper meaning is so important when it comes to the wealth that we acquire. But wealth is like blood. It's meant to flow. So it it's not just about acquiring it. It's then, you know, transforming it, transmuting it, and what can it be used? What's the good that it can be used for? And again, that's that's a, a super personal thing. Uh, also, the, you know, my definition of wealth in that wealth is everything you need to fulfill your purpose. And again, I'm going to refer back to some of my roots in Vedic astrology, which is a 6,000-year-old tradition that's been used it came from the Vedas and is continued used continually um, into the present day here. But all of our our wealth houses, which are houses of ac- acquisition, are followed by in our chart are followed by um, purpose houses. Excuse me, I have the other way around. So all our purpose houses are followed by our wealth houses, and that happens three times over in our soul blueprint. Mm-hmm. So why do we need wealth? Well, we need it to fulfill our purpose, why we're here. Right. And, you know, your purpose can look different over different times in your life. It could look different in your business and different in your relationships. But the essence of it is usually pretty, pretty much the same. I'm really intrigued, too, to, to uh, understand what, I mean, if you were to tell people what you think everybody should know about the Sacred Wealth Code, what what is that? 
What is that in, what does it mean to people? So your sacred wealth code helps you to understand what your highest value gifts are, Mm. really what you're so uniquely brilliant at and that you may or may not be aware of because a lot of us uh, get through our upbringing and not because any, you know, anyone's trying to do anything wrong to us, but um, we tend to be nurtured for what we're good at or what somebody else thinks we'd be good at or make money at. Right. But you have come in with some pretty amazing gifts. Like you were just born, you know, we all are with a PhD in certain gifts. Like, you know, we all are. And, and those are the gifts that we tend to, uh, Unless we've received some recognition, we tend to hide or be unsure about. But those, when you step into really what your divine gifts are, you will start to create, attract, experience wealth in the way it's meaningful to you. And your sacred wealth code gives you that. It gives you, it gives you a few things. It gives you what your gifts are. And the book happens to be uh, a body of work that I have taught a long time about teaching people to discover their own. Cause I believe that you are all feeling your soul blueprint anyway. And part of my mission is to help you to understand what you're just naturally intuitively connected to about yourself. Hmm. So so let me just say one more thing. So, yeah. that, mm-hmm. so, so, so your, your gifts, um, your sacred wealth code gives you your gifts and helps you to understand. It. And it's, you never, I've never given someone their sacred wealth code and, or had them discover it and then go, you know, I don't think that's really it. It's always, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Mm. You know, I've always known that. And, oh yeah, that, that mm. I've been hiding for a really long time. Mm. So there's that piece of it, but your sacred wealth code also gives you an understanding of, uh, a process to understand what wealth is to you personally. Um, the four pillars of what wealth is helps you to really understand and flesh out, you know, what wealth is to you, what you want it for, what the purpose of it is for you and what your gifts are so that you can apply those gifts to really what your purpose is for wealth. Hmm. Well, you, you mentioned the four pillars and, uh, you talk about those in your book and you've touched on the first one already, the, the purpose aspect. And can you tell us about about the others as well? Yeah, that first pillar is your purpose, and I call that harnessing your your soul's big why. And I want you to think about. So I said your sacred wealth code is really where purpose and prosperity come together in your soul blueprint. So I want you to think of that literally as an intersection as two streets, and purpose. Um, is one of those streets. And so you can also think of a purpose as, excuse me, purpose um, as a car that is a vehicle of some sort that's going to drive down that purpose street. And then you get to the second pillar, which is passion. And I call this the essence of fulfillment. And so passion, uh, you know, we've all heard like, you know, just, you know, do what you're passionate about, express your passion. Well, I'm thinking of passion and teaching passion a little bit different in that, you need to be connected to what fuels you, what gives you fulfillment, what is you are passionate about, whether it's connected to your business or not, because it will give you the inspiration and the fuel to actually do your purpose. So it's like the mm-hmm. fuel for that car to get it down that street of, you know, to meet the, that intersection of prosperity. And the third pillar 
is your highest value gifts. And I call this wielding your superpowers. And we talked, we just talked a little bit about highest value gifts. So I really teach you how to get in touch with at least one high value gift within this process of um, the Sacred Wealth Cookbook. And you can think of your highest value gifts really uh, like the houses on the corner of this intersection of purpose and prosperity. And the more you live in those houses, the more you use those gifts, the more you will experience mm. purpose and prosperity. Yeah. And then finally, the fourth pillar, which is your greatest challenges, the unexpected gateway to wealth. And this is a huge subject, and I'll just touch on this. So we have our great gifts, but we also have our shadow side, the places, you know, that we've been hurt and that we're not, you know, using or standing in or owning our gifts. Um, you know, the places where we're, you know, afraid, we have fears, we have beliefs that are locked up. Well, some of your greatest gifts may be locked up in those fears, those beliefs, in that shadow side. And by... Uh, digging in there. And I do that in, in the book and I do that with my clients and releasing that shadow. You're able to step into the light and step into some of your greatest gifts. So some of those greatest gifts can be, you know, kind of in the, in the background because we've got, it's layered, you know, we've got fear layered on top of them. And it's really important to release that. Mm. Well, I agree. I think that integration of the shadow side, it's such an important aspect. It's not all about the, yeah, you know, define your sacred wealth code, go out there and make a lot of money or whatever wealth means to you. And um, it's it's a, a more of a holistic process. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you, uh, the ways that you talk about the sacred wealth code in the book is around... Um, archetypes. And I've, I've had a lot of fun reading these. And um, can you tell us a bit about what archetypes are? I, I And I find too, when I go through them, it's like, oh, yeah, I resonate with that. Or, oh, yeah, I resonate with that. And my list is getting a little long. So yes, <laughs> it, it gets, it gets a little unworkable at, the, at a certain point. So so tell us what what archetypes are in this context and, and what, uh, how you can work with them. Yeah, absolutely. So as I've been teaching this body of work uh, and working with clients and so seeing the high value gifts and then all of a sudden, literally, I the archetypes just sort of dropped in because they're a soul language. And when I say to you, the teacher, the honorable warrior, the magician, uh, the leader, you know, just in the, that few, those few seconds, you know, four different stories just opened up for each and every one of you. Archetypes are a soul language. And because of that, we can have our own relationship to that particular archetype, to the story, what it means, to, what it means to us personally. And it's much broader than just the description maybe that you, that you read. And, and in my sacred wealth circle, I have trainings and teachings on all these archetypes to take them deeper, but not in a way, maybe uh, in a way that evokes your relationship to that archetype. Now, each archetype then is very equipped with uh, superpowers, with those greatest gifts. And in the work, I help you to discover out of all those amazing superpowers that maybe that teacher has or that leader has, which ones are uniquely yours. And so the archetypes, again, are a soul language. They're, they're energies. They are uh, evolutionary in themselves and they are not, um, they're not definitive. So I've, so you can always find 
your unique gifts as a teacher or as a leader within those archetypes. And so I was just thrilled when the archetypes just dropped in. <laughs> and, and what Ursula's talking about is, is in the book, I take you through a journey and each process, and there's a lot of practices and processes, and there's even an online portal where you can have me lead you through them in a video or an audio if you want to just sit back and, and you know, because this is a journey. This is a this is a workbook. This is a playbook. Uh, this is a journal. It, you know, it's it's like doing your own mini retreat or workshop on discovering your sacred wealth code. But all of that prepares you then to read the archetypes. There's 23, and to choose which ones feel like they're the ones that hold your highest value gifts. And once you get through all of them, and as, as you're saying, Ursula, well, there's several that you know that really resonate with me. Now, here's the key. The key is to, you know, pick the ones that do, and then you want to go back into a refining process, Mm. which are the ones that really, if you're really truthful with yourself, really hold your highest value gifts, not the ones that you're just good at, but the ones that you're uniquely great at, and you may not have really stepped into them fully. And especially if you're not experiencing the level of wealth that you desire, you may not be fully in them. Yeah. Do you ever have clients who say, oh, well, I, I, I kind of resonate with this one. And this is the one that I really want to be that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the administrator or, or right, whatever. Exactly. Some, what seems like, you know, I don't want to be some boring administrator. I want to be a visionary or, um, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> so then that, then that my job then is to help them to understand the great gifts. And I'm glad you picked the administrator because like, okay, the administrator doesn't sound sexy. Okay, right. I totally right. understand that. <laughs> but the administrator is one of Saturn's archetype. Each planet has three and each node of the moon uh, has one. And here's the thing. Every, every gift, every archetype, Every part of us ourselves is good for something. And when you know what it's good for, then uh, that that's what you really know, need to know. So about the administrator, for instance, first of all, the administrator is actually a leader and a very democratic, a strong leader who has the ability to really see everything that's going on and is able to delegate to just the right people see their gifts and and have them take that task without having to stand up and be, look at me, look at me. And if we didn't have administrators, um, you know, where, where would we be? The administrator will even sacrifice themselves uh, for the many instead of putting themselves first. So on the shadow side, we have to make sure the administrator is balanced, but it is an incredible, incredible, strong and very spiritual leader because um, Saturn happens to be a very spiritual planet and what the administrator, the uh, advocate, and also the organizer, one of their great gifts is the fact that they are uh, really practicing detachment. And in that is are really on a social level, really helpful to have us rise, you know, socially and shift and change. Yeah, I was surprised when I read that, that about the aspect of detachment. Um, I, why? How do you see that as a positive thing? Because we're talking oh. about connection as well. So, uh, okay, so connection. Um, so think of connection and disconnect. So mm. connection, and then just like you're going to plug a a, a a plug into the wall. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we've connected it to the power. Now we're going to disconnect it. Right. Okay. 
very different than attachment and, and detachment. Mm. Attachment is, uh, so we might be, a, we tend to be attached to our desires and that's can be a good thing and it cannot be a good thing. It can mm. be a good thing if your desire is to move your impact out in the world in a really big way and you are attached to really seeing that through. Now, if, you, if your attachment is so great that you negate your health because of that. That's not, now you, now you need to develop more detachment. Okay. Um, sometimes that attachment is very, we have a tat, like I have healthy attachments to my children, to my garden, to my pets. Right. You know, these are things that we do have healthy attachments. So you want to have them, but when you're overly attached, you tend to not let the universe come in and help you at all. Right. You tend to try to micromanage everything. Mm. Detachment is where it's it's here's what I've done with this project or here's what I've done with this this group or this comp or what I can do for this company and now I'm going to detach and I'm going to hand it over to the divine mm. I'm going to be here I'm going to listen for any more marching orders the way we tend to learn detachment is really unfortunate but it's just the way it is until we wake up a little bit more and that is through loss mm. And, and we tend, we've all lost people. We've lost money. We've lost things that were really close to us. And that loss, again, what does it tend to do? It tends to, again, bring us to our knees. It tends to bring us back home to the divine in some way and realizing there's a greater power here at work. That is so true that having, you know, that very difficult experience of, of losing something that's so important or someone who's so important to you, it does, you have to be able to step away and detach at some point in order to carry on and to recognize that that's no longer your journey. Your journey has changed. Yeah. And detachment. So when we go through loss, if when we experience it as loss, that's the ego side of us mm. experiences at, as loss and the you know, our higher self experiences that as transcendence. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just, just like that computer program didn't work for me anymore. I've got to let that one go and get a new one, you know, that's <laughs> going to actually do the thing. Right. I'm tired of that little wheel spinning around. You know? <laughs> so like, if you know that you're going to lose a hundred thousand dollars, wouldn't you rather go donate it to a charity? Yeah. And we don't always get that kind of signal from the universe. I mean, sometimes I'll see that kind of timing. Um, we know we can see, we can always feel the signs of like when we're in loss. And that's when we need to sit down and look at, okay, what do I need to let go of my attachment to? And, you know, or just have a looser grip on, or what is it that it's time for me to let go of? So we can let go willingly and we will experience the transcendence in that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. Well, I'd, I'd love to explore this a little bit more in terms of the context of, of impact and how do you, how do you see the work that you're doing now? Because your career has evolved. You used to have a, a yoga center and you've gotten a lot of clarity in, in recent years about where your work needs to be. And, and the book is a major reflection of that. But how do you see now? that this is impacting people and even the world on a larger scale. So, you know, it's really interesting as you're, you know, yes, I used to have a yoga center and, and that story is in the book and I had to let that go and I lost that. And, right. and I learned a lot about all of this through that loss and I can laugh now, but I was definitely crying when that happened. Right. Um, 
When I look back at the work that I've been doing, and yes, it has evolved, and anyone who's an entrepreneur and, and listening in, you know, you're, what you're doing, how you're doing it has evolved. For me, though, when I look back, the, the impact that I've always set out to create is um, I'm still on track for that. And yes, it's had its evolutionary shifts and changes, but the, my purpose behind everything else, it's, and when I say behind, because there's the, uh, it's not the purpose statement you'll see on my um, business page, but it's really to teach and guide people to live from the inside out. Mm. So that has looked different ways over the years. Mm -hmm. And even when I was teaching yoga, I was still teaching about purpose and, you know, doing my intuitive work. And so um, again, leading from the ins, you know, living, really tuning in. And also a big one is about trusting ourselves. Because again, I believe that we're sensing and feeling all this energy anyway. And I'm here to help make sense of that, clear the blocks out of the way so that you can really get in touch with essentially who you are and what you're here for. And so that the way I do that over the years has shifted and change, and I'm sure it will continue to evolve as I evolve. But this particular body of work really is about empowering you to um, know what your highest value gifts are, to get past your blocks and barriers that are keeping you from using them, to put them into action and motion in the world, to learn to trust your intuition because the intuitive side of things is a big part of the work I do and a big part of this just even reading the book because it takes you through practices to help you to drop into your heart and get a clear answer Mm -hmm. and do the most important thing just take an inspired action on that clear answer uh, each and every day which builds your trust muscle because I believe if we could all really trust our own intuition Mm -hmm. and of course we need reflection from others absolutely but when we when we're always looking outside of ourselves we've lost touch with really our deeper meaning and mm-hmm. we tend to be unhappy and not connected to that purpose and keeping that purpose that we're here for really on a very clean through line because we think we should do it like someone else right yeah yeah comparison can really get in the way of of you trusting your own intuition yeah we have so much coming at us at a day you know just mm-hmm. so much information right yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's, I mean, you, you've uh, had this history, I guess, of, of working with yoga, for example, but I'm really interested in hearing about how are you integrating this work now in terms of how you're continuing your own self-care? Because I believe that you can only have impact if you're nurturing yourself, taking care of yourself, and then you can go out into the world and contribute. So are there ways that you uh, use this practice or other practices to ensure that you're taking great care of yourself along the way? Oh, you are so right. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm seriously high maintenance. Okay. <laughs> and, so, and, um, and, and it is a big part of you're so right. And first of all, this is something women in general, we all do, but, but really, really need to take to heart. Uh, yes, I am high maintenance. Um, I have a regular meditation and yoga practice. I hike through the forest to the beach with my standard poodle almost every single day. Um, I'm a nature girl. I'm in the garden. I love to get in the mountains. We hike quite often. I'm very much of a connector. So I like deep conversation with loved ones and my family is close by and I'm really grateful to have that deep connected time. Um, my husband and I, we 
also take time out of our schedule to go away into nature typically, you know, and have just retreat times Mm -hmm. so that we just really can just replenish and also for us to connect. So I do. And and then with this body of work, um, I have a particular practice that I've I've created lots and lots of meditations. I have a couple of programs at Business Academy and a Sacred Wealth Circle, and they're chucked full of processes and trainings and and meditations. And I actually use my own stuff. Most of it comes because these meditations sort of come to me. Uh, I actually tune in with my Sacred Wealth Code archetypes um, on a weekly basis and I'm like I'm hold a round table and they they inform me uh <laughs> mm-hmm. and on things um and I have a, I have a whole training around that uh there's the sacred wealth code oracle cards that can be used independently or with the book so typically I will do my meditation I will then drop into my heart find out what my heart desires for me each and every day find out um, what that's going to make possible for me what's the inspired action that I'm to take and then I will consult either the archetype deck and pull an archetype or one of my own sacred wealth code archetypes. And I'll find out what gift would be really useful for me to use today and, or where am I stuck in my shadow? Hmm. And then I'll go do a process I might need to do to, to free myself up from that. And so I am, in fact, the journal that goes along with this body of work, which is the third in the trilogy, is just going to print, which really sort of lays out a daily practice and a weekly practice for using this whole body of work to inform you. So I, I'm steeped in continuing to get to know who I am on the inside. And I also still study with my, um, Vedic astrology mentor I have for many, many years. And I can, I can't see myself fully. I need, I need help seeing myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have a couple other mentors as well. So I do all those things. That is a very deep and thorough practice. That's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and to do this work, I'm, uh, I know you have to really be connected with all of that on a regular basis. So, yeah. Ha- have you found that the, these practices and the work that you're doing now, has it changed the way that you deal with obstacles or problems that come up in your business or elsewhere? Yeah, absolutely. So it, more and more and more, I can trust myself to um, to tune in, number one, to really drop into my heart with whatever comes up and find out what's in it for me. Because even if it's a really challenging time, I really believe that there's something in it for us. And we need to lean in and find out what that is. Just like when you can look back on something you've been through, like I could look back at losing my, my yoga center uh, and say, well, I see all the blessings. This body of work was born out of that mm-hmm. um, down on my knees experience. I can see all the blessings that have come from that. But when we can look at a challenge coming to us now and you can lean in and going, I know there's a gift in there and I want to go ahead and just go ahead and, and see it as soon as possible instead of suffer for a long period of time. So I really tune in in order to um, to do that. So if I'm just finding I'm frustrated, or I'm bumping up against obstacles or, you know, in business is not going the way I want to, or I really feel like I'm called to take a turn in my business. How, how many does, you know, who does this happen for? Right. And I'm like, okay, uh, I just spent all that time building that now what, and um, <laughs> is this really the right thing to do? And, and of course I've got, you know, the, the Vedic astrology experience, which really is helpful on seeing patterns and timing and, and things. But I, um, it's, it's really about trusting when it's time to make a shift and really putting the blinders on. And I, I really teach my people this. There's so much coming at us and look at everybody. There's so many different ways to do business as an entrepreneur. 
And you have so many systems coming at you. You can say, oh, well, they were successful using that. And, and you could go and do that. But how many times have you gone to do somebody else's thing? And what happened is you jumped off your path. And then you eventually had to come back and find your path again. So my, I just do my best to stay on my purpose. And if there's another system or something that really, you know, um, is a great compliment to that, that's one thing. But I really watch getting derailed and I, and I really, see that as a big challenge for most entrepreneurs because we have this mm -hmm. mixed blessing of so much at our fingertips and so much to distract us. And so many ideas. So many ideas. <laughs> but if you don't follow one idea all the way through, I would have never written this book and created this trilogy of the cards and the journal. And I teach retreats on this and I do, I, you know, and I counsel with people very privately on big projects. I do a lot of things. But I, if I didn't sit my butt down for long enough to write this, you know, right. and to collaborate on this card, when you when you follow something all the way through, think of it like a, a needle on a record. I'm old enough to have grown up with um, records <laughs> and a record me player. Too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and, and it's it's back in style for you younger millennials. But um, if there's a lot of skips on the record, the needle just kind of jumps around. Mm. And when it's a really nice clean recording, you know, it just drops into the vinyl drop into that groove and get the purest of sound well when you are able to focus and bring something into fruition because of your focus uh oh that is the only way to bring it into fruition let's put it that way you've mm -hmm. got to you've got to focus in and to actually create something and i personally like the word create better than manifest and it's a fine distinction, but manifest can also think things are just going to magically happen. I believe things magically happen all the time, but they're going to happen through me and through my intentions and my, and my energy. And the fact of the matter is, is I could not publish a book unless I sat down and wrote the book. Right. Yeah. I could not sit here and meditate all day long and have the words end up in this printed form. There is that creation process <laughs> and it's, and it's pleasurable and it's very painful too. Mm -hmm. And that's just until you get into that deep focus. So um, following something all the way through, I have to say to everyone, whatever it is and to trust yourself that if it's, um, you know, I used to be that person who thought, oh, I'm never going to write a book. There's already enough books out there. Well, that's not necessarily the case. You know, we, what you have to say will resonate to someone. Yeah. And it's one thing to want to write a book, and it's quite another to actually write it or do whatever big project is on your plate. So I, I, I really agree with you on the uh, working through you rather than sitting back in your marker lounger and waiting for something to happen. So. Yeah. Or being or feeling busy all day. Right. So that's one of the things I teach is my inspired list uh, action, my inspired action list process, but really tuning in on a sort of on a weekly basis and on a daily basis to what's the most important thing I need to focus on. Mm. And if you can just move that one thing forward or those yeah. three things forward first and foremost, which means shutting a lot of other things out so you can do that. Yeah. You will just be so blessed on what will happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Prima, I always end these interviews with a rapid round of three questions. So are you, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. What is the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? The biggest thing I've learned about having impact is that oh, we're all here to give something in particular and that just staying on the, what feels like my purposeful path. When I look back, I've created impact all over the place. Mm -hmm. So follow your purpose no matter what. Mm, that's great. 
What's the one thing you've consistently done that has contributed to your success and impact the most? Tune into my heart, tune into my own intuition, but I do it through the heart to my soul on a daily basis and find my answers from the inside out. And what's one piece of advice you would share with another entrepreneur who's saying, I want to tap into wealth, I want to have impact, um, and, and I need money to do that. What, do, what would you say to them? I would say to them to do, put their energy into, put your energy into what's most meaningful to you right now. Forget about what you think is going to make the most money, but whatever project or movement you're, you're trying, pour yourself into that, nurture it, fan that flame and pay close attention to the opportunities that start to collect around you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's a great message to uh, to end this interview with. And I, I do want to thank you, Prema, for being here and for sharing that experience that you have, you're sharing in your book about the Sacred Wealth Code and also the archetypes. It's so powerful for impact-oriented entrepreneurs to define their highest value gifts. And uh, that uh, that's been such a, a useful thing and, and valuable thing to hear today. So thank you for being here to talk about that. Totally, completely my pleasure. And, you know, if anyone wants to just find out what one of their sacred wealth code archetypes are, you can go and take the quiz that's at um, sacredwealthcode.com. And that quiz will help you to define just one of your archetypes and really give you the beautiful description of it. And you can start working with it right away. Great. Is that the online portal where you said you lead people through the process? Is that where you, where people can find that? Yeah. Okay. Um, sacredwealthcode.com okay. is the portal into my program, Sacred Wealth Code Readings, because I do readings on this. But that quiz is great because right away you'll get a <laughs> lovely gift and a training on, on that particular, um, you know, using your archetype. Great. Well, thank you, Prema, for the work you're doing in the world. And uh, thank you again for being here. Thank you. My, totally my pleasure. And thank you for the work that you're doing and taking a stand for impact. Thank you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.